Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Today, I want to talk about impulse control. So if you have a child who hits, kicks, throws, bites... Oftentimes, that is immediate, right? Their response to an action is to do one of those things. There's no time in between the action and their response to kind of get yourself in there. This might look like other things too, but I think when we struggle the most with impulse control, it's surrounding those physical behaviors. And so I want to give you three things to think about action steps that you can take to help your child improve their impulse control, also known as help your child to get some space in between the action that is happening and their intense response, that quick response, so that you can hopefully step in and either help them problem solve or utilize some calming strategy or what or whatever you need to do but you have that gap then. So we're really going to be talking about how to create a gap to help your child learn and build in some impulse control. So the first thing is, of course, connection. (laughs) So I know that a lot of people have probably learned about calming strategies. That is usually the go-to, and I'm a pediatric OT in case you've not heard of any, any of the other episodes. And that is exactly what my go-to was too. And it didn't work. And the reason that I believe it didn't work is because we were not connected first. I didn't know how to manage my own triggers. And so that created more disconnection. And when you have the lack of connection already, and then you're increasing the disconnection because of your reaction, it makes it really hard to add in calming strategies. Like, have you ever had your child be in that intense those intense feelings, those intense emotions, and you said, how about we take some deep breaths? Or, you know, how about we blow bubbles? Or, you know, do some jumps? Or whatever, whatever it could be. How many times has your child actually been like, okay, (laughs) you know, that usually comes after. Once your child has come down from that a little bit, and they can actually think more realistically they're actually present they can hear you so there i do believe there's a time and a place for that but i don't believe that's immediately and so um i really believe that we need connection first if you want to really get a deep dive into my opinions on that and more in depth about that i will put a link to the episode i did you know a couple months back all on that and you can go take a listen um but yeah as a professional OT as a coach and in my personal experience as a mom, I just haven't found kids who actually will willingly engage in calming activities first. So my formula is 
always connection first. And then by creating that connection, you're actually creating a larger buffer. So the next time that maybe your kids fight and one of your children's immediate reaction is to hit or kick or bite or throw, once you implement connection consistently, your child will actually be able to have that gap there, that buffer that helps them to think, oh, I could ask them to stop. I could call for my mom. Maybe they problem solve another strategy. Or if they can't, again, it gives you that buffer in between. So you see the the frustration happening. They're not jumping zero to a hundred because that impulse control has improved because they are connected. So then you can have more margin to step in and provide assistance if you need to to help your child figure out what they could do to continue to exert that impulse control and then um, not jump from zero to 100. Maybe it's zero to 30, but that gives you much more time and space to get over there to help them. So that impulse control from going from I'm really upset to I'm going to hit and attack you in any way that I can because I'm really upset to I'm really upset I can still think about other things and then eventually maybe they ask a couple times and the other child doesn't stop and then they get into the hitting or kicking or whatever it is. But that has allowed you time to get over there quickly and step in. So number two, I want you to take some time and think about your impulse control and what are you modeling for your child? I sometimes hate to say this, but kids do what we model way more than they do what we say. And I've mentioned this before, but you know, when I got into this type of parenting, I thought, oh, I'm going to fix my child's behavior. When in reality, it's like, oh, I need to fix a lot of my responses to the behavior. And so I think that this is always something that we need to go back to and check in on. Are you modeling what it looks like to have impulse control? Are you doing something to manage your anger, your frustration, your impatience before you engage in something like yelling or threatening or whatever it looks like for you? Obviously, we are never going to be perfect and we are going to have moments where we are not controlled, but we can't expect more from our kids than we do of ourselves. And I think we do a lot of times because we're just not recognizing that our child's lack of impulse control is similar to what we're doing. It just looks different. Like obviously, hopefully we're not seeing an action and reacting by hitting, kicking, biting, throwing, but we are still reacting. And in a way that's usually not calm and usually not patient and usually not the kindest, that is still demonstrating the lack of impulse control there. That's the same as what our kids are doing. And sometimes because it doesn't look the exact same, I think it's hard for us to realize that is what we're modeling for them. Just go zero to a hundred, it gets the job done when that's not really what we want to be teaching them. And maybe it's not even within your home. Maybe you're like, I have actually been really working on my triggers. I've been doing a really good job managing them. I'm not jumping from zero to a hundred or zero to 60 or whatever when my child is having these big feelings or misbehaving. But then I would challenge you to also think about your other reactions Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's a family member that you may or may not get along with. Maybe someone who cuts you off in traffic. Like, 
what are your responses in those types of situations? Because our kids are always watching. And so sometimes it might be coming from a different source. And I also think that just reminding ourselves of how often we are jumping into a response without control can give us a better perspective of how hard it is and how easy it is for our kids to do the same, which then gives us the opportunity to allow for more grace when that happens to allow for more understanding and empathy because we recognize how challenging it is to have some of that impulse control in the moments when we're feeling triggered. And then the last one, number three, is to incorporate play strategies that can promote more of their own body awareness and impulse control. So these would be games like freeze dancing, red light, green light, and Simon Says. I'm sure there are many others and you could even like create some on your own. Your kids might have some ideas. But this is a really fun way to help actually teach your child and train them in learning more patience, attention, listening, among other things. Because if you think about those games, they have to be paying attention to, let's say, for example, red light, green light. Whether you're saying red light, green light, or you have like a red light and a green light or a red and a green visual. They have to be paying attention and they have to have the impulse control and the body awareness to stop or go as soon as that changes. Same thing with Simon Says. They have to be listening and keying in for the Simon Says part and then act accordingly. So we are essentially training them to build that skill of impulse control. So number one, connect first. That is the most important thing that you can do to help your child with impulse control. It will drastically improve when they are connected because they can actually think when their brains are connected. When they are disconnected from us, they don't have that capability because that prefrontal cortex that controls problem solving, that controls reasoning, and all those higher level cognitive functioning skills, they literally can't access it just like we can't when we're triggered, when we haven't learned to manage it. And so it's really important to do your best to to get connected. And if you find your child is being really impulsive one day, just stop what you're doing if it's possible and just say, you know what, let's go take five minutes together and read a book, sit next to each other, cuddle up on the couch. Maybe you play a quick game, you know, whatever. You can listen through a bunch of different episodes to get some connection ideas, but that is the most important thing you can do. Number two, reflect on your own impulse control lately because it ebbs and flows, right? There's seasons where, or even just times maybe of the month or times of the week that you have less impulse control. And think back, is is this been a time where I have been demonstrating less impulse control? And am I modeling that for my child? Because unfortunately, kids are going to do what we model. And then number three, just start incorporating some more um, impulse control type games, because not only are you going to, going to connect through the play and the laughter, but it's going to help your child learn some more of that patience and attention and listening and impulse control and body awareness that all goes into their ability to do that and grow and learn in it. So if you are really struggling with some of your child's behavior, maybe you're experiencing things like hitting and throwing and biting or trouble with transitions or certain parts of your routines, I want you to take a minute and listen to what this mom has to say. 
My husband and I reached out to Kaylee for her blueprint behavior session with our son just a few weeks ago. Our nine-year-old son had been exhibiting some very defiant and anxiety-based behaviors, and as parents, we just did not know what to do next. After our first hour-long Zoom call with Kaylee, my husband and I were absolutely amazed, and we walked away with more knowledge from that call than what we've ever gotten from the five years of OT that my son has been going through. Kaylee helped explain the reasons for our son's behaviors and how to better connect with him so that we could understand what emotions he might be going through or what fears he might be having and how to help strengthen our family relationships. Kaylee is so knowledgeable. Her pediatric OT background and her motherhood journey lends itself perfectly to this type of work. She's in your corner and she will be with you every step of the way. Her knowledge has helped our family so much exponentially. Please reach out and let her help you. You'll be so glad you did. So if you're like, that sounds amazing. I need that because I am tired of dealing with this every single day. I don't want to be exhausted by the end of the day. I want to be around my kids. I don't want to feel like I don't want to be with them because they're hitting their physical behavior, their intensity is just too much for me sometimes, then I want you to send me a message over on Instagram or send me an email so that I can set up a call with you. And basically what we do is I listen. (laughs) I listen to your struggles, what your challenges are, what your goals are. And based on that, then we can determine whether I am a good fit for you. And if not, I can help you figure out what that might be. And if so, then I create a behavior blueprint that is completely customized to you and your family and your child and your situation. And it involves the three key phases that I think are the most important and the thing that is completely different from everything else out there. Because you will find connection parent coaches and you will find OTs but it's really hard to find both. And that is where I come in because I have both sides and I think they are both very important, but I think they need to be done in a specific order. So we will go through your child's behavior and all the connection strategies. We will work through how to manage your own triggers if that's a challenge. And then we will also address any sensory things, other regulation strategies, Just all the things that go into your child's behavior so that you walk away knowing exactly what to do and your child's behavior has drastically decreased. That will be a guarantee. So if, and then from there, you can determine if that feels like a good fit for you and your family. So you will have it all laid out for you before anything, before you have to make any decisions. So if that sounds like something that you at least want to chat about, I would love for you to send me a message. I will put all those links in the show notes. You can even just type in the message, Behavior Blueprint, and that is it. And I will reach out to you. Um, Feel free to write more, but if you're one of those people that's like, I don't, I just want to get the information. I don't want to, you know, send these long messages. Then just write Behavior Blueprint and I will get back to you. So as we head into the holidays, maybe you've already had had some experience. Um, these would be some really good things to do. And if your child is struggling, um, even at holidays, step aside, make five minutes of connection, play like a quick Simon Says game. It will build connection. It will bring laughter and it will help with impulse control. 
And I want you to stay tuned for next week because I'm going to dive in deep on how we can help our kids through the holidays because that is a lot of transitions. There's a lot going on. Behaviors can be high. And so I'm going to chat through key things to think about and to remind yourself of as you are going into any type of holiday separation. So you don't want to miss it. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kaylee Josire and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.